And what one is your effort of the Holy Spirit? Well, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. It's out the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Fruit here means the result of labor. The labor is, is, the, is the Holy Spirit. So what Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 really describes his traits characteristics of a believer who has yielded to the Holy Spirit's work in his or her life. One of these character traits is joy. In the New Testament, joy is a Greek word for chara, related to both charis, grace or gift, and charis, rejoice, express joy. Joy is a natural response to a gracious gift. In every instance in the Bible, that gift originates with God. Whether it be the arrival of the Messiah, which is in Luke chapter 1, verse 14, the resurrection of Christ, Matthew 28, God's power over the sinful world, Luke 10, verse 17, or God's salvation, Acts 13, verse 52. God's grace is so strong that even the promises of his work can elicit Joy, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34, and James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. And one of the greatest sources of joy is seeing God's redeeming work in others. In Acts chapter 13, verse 52. The modern world does not encourage joy in God. Instead, we're taught to value possessions, power, and position. The true joy is not found in those things. John 15, 1, verse 11, 1 through 11 says that joy comes from abiding in Christ's love. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, joy from believers being united in mind, love. Thank you, Jesus. Love, spirit, and perfect. John says that complete joy means to be united with the Father, Jesus, and other believers. First John 1, 1 through 4. Let's look at John 15. Let's read John 15, 1 through 11. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That is so good. So, so good. So let's go to John 15. Now I read. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Now, that's 14. Let me get to chapter 15. One through eleven. Okay. I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Amen. I'm making sure that's what, yeah. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, 
and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, in him, the same bringeth much fruit. Amen. For without me you can do nothing. So if a man can abide in me and my words, thank you, Jesus. Wait a minute. If a man abide not in me, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, man. I'm the Yeah. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth. He is cast forth. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and man gathered him and cast him into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, continue ye in my will love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even if I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and your joy might be full. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, this doesn't mean that all worldly events are without joy. A healed illness, a hard-earned accomplishment, even a material item can bring joy. If God's hand in the situation is recognized, the kingdom of God is the manifest manifestation of the sovereign Sovereignty and glory of God. Sometimes God displays his glory empowered by healing. Sometimes he puts the believer in a position of power, like he did Esther chapter 8, verse 1 through 2. And sometimes he blesses his children with material possessions. The key is that it is God who blesses. And although we may, we may appreciate the gift, we rejoice that he has chosen to pour out his love, sovereignty, and power on us. We rejoice in the giver, not just the gift. This is important to remember when circumstances are less than joyful. James 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers. When ye meet trials of various kinds, and trials joy is not found in the immediate situation, but in the promise that God's kingdom will be revealed to the situation. First Peter chapter one verse seventy nine says that current trials bring an assurance of faith making the future joy even greater when Jesus returns. Similarly James chapter one verse three and four says that trials will strengthen our character. We can rejoice in that and that trials point to a future gift. True joy is found only in Jesus. If we look for God's work and gifts in our lives, we will always have joy. If we get caught up in temporary hardships, 
and worldly desires, our joy will be fleeting and weak. Even in hardships, our joy remains because it depends on God and His promises. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10. So, what is joy? Literally, the fruit of the Spirit is what happens when the Holy Spirit indwells a believer. The fruit is the product of the Holy Spirit, like I said. The joy is deliverance. When God sets someone free, rejoicing is in order. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. Hannah was filled with joy at her deliverance from her enemies. Acts 12, verse 14. The servant girl was so overjoyed that God had rescued Peter from prison that she forgot to let Peter in the house. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The joy of salvation. Our greatest reason to be joyful is that God wants to save us and spend eternity with us. Nothing is better than this. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. All heaven is joyful when a person accepts God's provision of salvation. Acts 8, verse 8. The people of Samaria were joyful as they heard the gospel and saw God's power and healing of sick. Acts 13, verse 52, and Acts 15, verse 3. Jewish believers rejoiced when they heard of the work of the Holy Spirit and saving Gentiles. The joy of spiritual maturity. As the Holy Spirit works in us to bear more fruit, we become confident. Amen. In God's promises. We rejoice in our walk with Him and other believers. Amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. Um, well, there's a lot. Thank you, Jesus. John 15, verse 11. Excuse me. The fullness of joy comes to those who continue in the love of Christ and obey Him. Second Corinthians, chapter 1. Verse 24, chapter 2, verse 3, chapter 7, verse 4. Paul knew joy as the churches gave evidence of the Holy Spirit working among them. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Fruits of believers who unite and demonstrate the mind, love, and purpose of Christ. Bring joy to others. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. In chapter 12, verse 2. In James 1, 2 through 4. Believers follow an example of Jesus and their persecution because of the promise of future joy. The joy of God's presence. The Holy Spirit draws us to God. In His presence we can know true joy. Without the Holy Spirit, no one would seek God. Psalm 16, verse 7, You will fill me with joy in your presence. For the eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen to that. Thank you. So, possessing joy is a choice. We choose whether to value God's presence, promises, and work in our lives. When we yield to the Spirit, He opens our eyes to God's grace around us and fills us with joy. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. 
Joy is not to be found in a fallen world. It's only fellowship with God that can make our joy complete. First John 1, verse 4. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the King. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, good morning. I will be doing a daily podcast on here. I would just like to God bless everyone. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. What does it mean to walk with God? God created us for fellowship with Him. And he desires us to walk with him. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. Before the fall, Adam and Eve would walk and talk with God in the Garden of Eden. But after they had sinned, they were ashamed and hid when they heard him coming. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. Their sin separated humanity from God. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. But Jesus came to offer us forgiveness and restoration. The sacrifice of Jesus enables us to have a personal and close relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. When you put your faith in Jesus, your relationship with God becomes the most important thing in your life. You want to talk with Him, seek Him, and please Him in all your ways. This is walking with God. Enoch, Genesis chapter 2. 5 verse 24 and Noah Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 were called man after who walked who walked with God when you walk with God you factor him into your everyday life and your decision making you spend time praying and talking with him throughout the day if you go on a walk with your friend what do you do during your walk besides the obvious walking you are having a conversation sharing things that are on your mind and listening to your friend do the same as you head to your destination. You stay focused on what each other is saying and do not get distracted. Amen? As a believer in Christ, you can walk with him through the, your entire life here on earth until you arrive in heaven. God loves to be in relationship with us and we can converse with him through prayer and reading his word hearing his love and gaining his wisdom for us as we live our lives here on earth. Psalms 32 verse 8, verse John chapter 3 verse, <coughs> verse 1. Walking with God means you are in agreement with him and his ways. Amos 3 3. No one is perfect, but when you are walking with God, your desire should be to see your own selfish desires die for the sake of seeing God transform you more and more into the image of his son therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 another name for walking with God as commonly used in the New Testament is walking in the spirit which is in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 and Romans 8 verse 4 
when Jesus ascended into heaven, he left the Holy Spirit with, him, with us. The Holy Spirit being on the earth and in us when we believe in Christ is our direct link to God. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 9 to 11, 26 through 27, and Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 14. Walking with God is a way of life, and it is a choice. We can walk in God's ways or the ways of the world, but we cannot do both. There will be sacrifices made no matter which path you choose, but walking with God is the way of eternal life. It will not be without a cause, but it will be worth it. Walking with the Lord means you live to please Him and not yourself. We cut things out of our lives that keeps us from walking in the ways of God because we are not our, your, we are not yourself because we are not yourself <laughs> because we are wait a minute, because we are motivated by his love and a desire to be close to him we also depend on the power and work of the holy spirit to enable us to walk with him second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 people who walk with god display the fruit of the spirit which is found in galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 Christ's followers live in contrast to the ways of the world surrounding them. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. When Peter and John were arrested and brought before the authorities for preaching the gospel, the authorities took note of the man's boldness and perceived that they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Acts 4 verse 13. When you consistently walk with God, Others will be able to recognize that. Though you are flawed and imperfect, you have been with Jesus.